everyone, this is Katie, and I'm here today to talk about some of the hottest topics in pop culture this week in a show I like to call Son of a Beach. The 2022 FIFA World Cup is underway, and many fans from across the world have come together to cheer on their favorite teams. As of November 30th, Netherlands and the United States, Argentina and Australia, France and Poland, England and Senegal are confirmed to face off starting December 3rd. So many historic moments are also occurring at the World Cup. Soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo, representing Portugal, scored a goal in his fifth World Cup, making him the first person to do so. Also, Stefani Frappa is set to make history as the first woman to referee a men's World Cup match, according to CNN. Alongside assistants Nuza Back from Brazil and Karen Diaz from Mexico, the French woman will form part of an all-female referee trio officiating Costa Rica versus Germany in their Group E match. It's a surprise. You cannot believe it. And after two or three minutes, you realize that you are going to the World Cup. It's amazing, not only for me, but also for my family and also for the French referees, Frappar told CNN Sport. This is awesome. I'm excited to see what happens with these women officiating. You're starting to see it in the NFL and bigger, larger scale sports events. But this time around, it's the World Cup, one of the hottest and biggest sports events aside from the Olympics of our times. So this is great. I wish this should have happened a long time ago, but it's finally happening. So I'm excited. And the World Cup has been so interesting. I finished watching the match between Mexico and Saudi Arabia yesterday. Great game. Mexico played their hearts out. And even though they won, they technically still got eliminated, which sucks. But they really put their all in just moments like that or what makes the World Cup great. Just doing your all and representing your country. And I'm excited to see what more goes on. I know America, they play the Netherlands this weekend, and that should be exciting. So we're looking forward to that. On a November 28th episode of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, actor Will Smith appeared and made his first TV appearance following his infamous Oscars moment when he slapped comedian Chris Rock on stage following Rock's comments about Smith's wife, Jada, causing an uproar on social media. The clip has garnered over 100 million views just on the Guardian News YouTube alone. With that being aside, Smith appeared in his first TV broadcast since that moment to promote his upcoming film, Emancipation. Inspired by a true story, one man fights through unthinkable terrors in an attempt to reunite with his family. Will Smith stars in Emancipation, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Premiering in theaters on December 2nd, streaming on Apple TV Plus on December 9th, the interview starts off with Smith speaking in a humorous manner, his usual positive personality. But during the interview, Noah asks Smith about the Oscar night and Smith responded, and I guess what I would say, you just never know what somebody is going through, he said. I was going through something that night, not that that justifies my behavior at all. As stated on CNN, Noah pointed out how Smith had written his memoir about growing up being afraid of conflict, and the talk show host also noted the negative things that have been said about Smith and his family on the internet. Following that, Smith stated that the incident was a rage that had been bottled up for a really long time. And it probably has been lit up for a long time, because Will Smith has been in this industry for 
decades since he was a young teenager you know teenager young adult he started off as a rapper and then he kind of made his way into the acting world his breakout role being from fresh prince of bel-air amongst other things men in black those standard hollywood films he grew up in the hollywood eye and so has his family his family was literally raised in hollywood so i understand that and so many people have stuff to say technology is growing so people utilize those social media platforms every day and still talk about that man but I feel like we need closure to this already. I think this interview was a great closure and then like a new chapter start for Will Smith. I'm tired of seeing people talk about this. They talk about more about this slap than they do anything else. There's literally actual sexual offenders, people that have harassed other people in the industry, that not just the acting industry, but the music industry as well. And they are still receiving nominations for these award ceremonies. I won't even name them right now, but just the list of some of the Grammy nominations, I can tell you right now, <laughs> there's a few that are in there. I'm just like, and they are confirmed that they have done these crimes, but still you don't hear about that. But yet this man right here, he slapped Chris Rock on stage, which to some can be disrespectful, but it maybe wasn't the right time at the right place. But we have to understand we grow. No one's perfect. So literally, if I learned anything from Hannah Montana, I learned that nobody's perfect. We live and we learn it. I hope that this is a learning lesson for him because he did say in the interview that he's not perfect. And this was a wake up call that you are not perfect and they have flaws as well. So I hope other people take that into account. And as long as he apologized to Chris Rock, which he has, and that's all that matters. It's none of our business, really. I'm kind of tired of seeing celebrities, you know, meddling in. Like I remember when the situation first started, comedian Amy Schumer, you know, had a comment saying that she was scared or she didn't like the situation or things like that. I'm just like, cool, but it had nothing to do with you. And I don't know, people are just trying to heighten up the situation, which I mean, it's literally just a slap. I get it. It was in the public eye. But I think the reason why people are so shocked is because it's Will Smith. And he's known just to, for being like a, such a positive light in the Hollywood world. And he's one of few black actors to really make it that far and make blockbuster films. And people look so highly of him. I guess we just forgot that they're human, too. So I hope people take that into account. Speaking of the Oscars, winning awards seems likely for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Marvel's latest film and second installment to the sequel. The film released in theaters on November 11th and devoured the box office during opening weekend earning over $180 million exceeding most films this year. It also broke the record for a November opening in North America, soaring past the previous high watermark of $158 million set by 2013's The Hunger Games Catching Fire, earning $150 million, according to Variety. Continuing the story of Wakanda, director Ryan Coogler refreshed the script and changed it due to the loss of actor Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman, who passed away in 2020 of cancer. Black Panther Wakanda Forever pays tribute to the actor through his character, Prince T'Challa, and is an emotional ride. It picks up as Shuri Leticia Wright's character tries to live on after the loss of her brother, T'Challa. It also caters to people who live for action as new character named Namor, played by Tenoch Huerta, emerges. Music from Rihanna is showcased in this Black Panther sequel as well and brings emotion to the movie. I can't spill anything yet. But this is definitely a must watch. 
I watched this movie on opening weekend and it changed my life forever from the beginning to the end. It just captures you right away. I can't spill anything yet. I haven't spilled anything. I, I've been really good, guys. It's been like two to three weeks since the film has been out and I haven't spilled anything unless, you know, you watched it and you want to talk about it. That's fine. But like, I've been really good. I'm giving people until Christmas to go watch this movie. And then I'm just going to go off on social media, like my favorite parts and things like that. But it's already on social media. Like there's different clips. Certain people show up in the film and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's all I say. But the acting is brilliant. If you want action, you got it from the the jump, like the first five, ten minutes. And the character is played by Leticia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Tenoch Huerta. He does a great job. And I love how this film is so diverse. Not only the actors, but the way they're portrayed in the film. It's so beautiful. And there's certain scenes where some of the soundtrack, it just... It's the perfect mark. They just knew what they were doing with this film. And I can't wait for you guys to watch this as well. Like I said, the music in the film is beautiful and it lingers around in the most colorful scenes perfectly. There's certain scenes where the soundtrack tells the story of some of the characters without even having them to talk. There's an awareness of culture displayed in Black Panther Wakanda Forever told by the clothing, music, and the dialogue. Music is the universal language and is beautiful to the ear. And I want to introduce a segment to Son of a Beach that will bring your music to the ears. To help me with that, I'm going to send the next segment over to guest host Renzo Pacasangre. Hey everyone, this is Renzo, and you're tuned in to the very first episode of Soundwaves, here to talk about a few of the newest tracks and albums you should definitely check out. So, let's get started. Some new releases from last week, we have Joji's album, Smithereens. This will mark Joji's fourth studio album, venturing even deeper into the melancholic sound he has become well associated with. George Miller, professionally known as Joji, has managed to create a sensual space for R&B and lo-fi to thrive in unison. My favorite song so far of the album is Feeling Like the End. There are many tracks on this album that stand out on their own. Feeling Like the End, in my opinion, captures the brief and fleeting feelings that come with letting go of some of our most significant and sensual moments that we tend to hold on to. Next, we have Drake and 21 Savage's compilation album, Her Loss. I mean, what more is there to say from this album? We have two of the greatest MCs from this generation linking up for a monumental compilation album. There have been many remarks for the album, whether it be the cover art or the speculation surrounding Drake's lyrics. Whichever the case, I can definitely say it's worth taking a listen to. My favorite song so far off the album is Back Outside Boys. Then we have a new album from Nas, King's Disease 3. King's Disease 3 marks the third segment into Nas's King's Disease. Some of what you can expect to find on the album is more or less Nas exploring his lyricism in rap. This album carries much of the old-school boom-bap hip-hop sound that once filled New York in the 90s. Nas has spanned his career from the mid-90s to today, solidifying himself in the rap genre. My favorite song so far off the album is Michael and Quincy. <laughs> Here drums diverge Nas from the words of mine. Just a word of advice, you can't murder Nas. All my niggas Mimicking after Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones' successful career together. Alright, let's get into some other new releases we're checking out. 
For fans of the scene music, we have Pierce the Veil with a new single, Emergency Contact. They have also announced a new album coming in early February titled The Jaws of Life. Next, we have the Red Hot Chili Peppers' second double album. Within the span of one year, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have managed to release two double albums only months apart. With the sudden drop of two double albums, fans also have much more to be excited for with the grand return of long-standing guitarist John Frusciante. Frusciante's guitar playing has arguably become a critical element of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, seemingly creating rhythmic notes out of some of the most adventurous guitar solos. You may have heard some of Frusciante's more well-known work without ever even knowing it was him. Under the Bridge, Californication, Other Side, and Snow Heyo are only a few of the many songs he's helped create. The second double album, titled Return of the Dream Canteen, produces a different take by allowing Flea's bass to take lead on many songs, allowing Frusciante's guitar playing to ride along rhythmically before exploding into guitar solos. My favorite track so far off the album is Fake As Fuck. Then we have Paramore with a new single, This Is Why. This single's been out since September, but I thought it was worth mentioning. With the release of Paramore's new single comes the announcement of a brand new album coming in February, as well as a US tour to accompany it. You can expect to look out for tickets on sale very soon. Then we have Paramore with a new single, This Is Why. This single has been out since September, but I thought it was worth mentioning. With the release of Paramore's new single comes the announcement of a brand new album coming in February, as well as a US tour to accompany it. You can expect to look out for tickets on sale very soon. It wouldn't be a music segment without mentioning the new release from Rihanna. It was teased that Rihanna would be a part of the new Black Panther soundtrack following the release of the trailer. Fans were excited to hear the new Black Panther soundtrack. The last Black Panther soundtrack primarily curated surrounding Kendrick Lamar's lyrical rap style and production team. This new installment of the soundtrack to associate with the new film, Wakanda Forever, is more of an international soundtrack. In contrast to Kendrick Lamar's take with the previous soundtrack, there are various artists from different countries all represented within the 20-track album, primarily jumping between Nigerian and Mexican artists. Two songs on the soundtrack are written and sang by Rihanna. The first track is Lift Me Up, which was previously released, but the second takes the 20th spot on the soundtrack, titled Born Again. Definitely make sure to check out some of these songs. I want to thank The Daily 49er for this platform. Be sure to follow us on our socials at Daily 49er. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you all next time on Soundwaves. Thank you, Renzo. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> that song is the first thing I think of when I talk about Wednesday, Netflix's latest hit TV show. While attending Nevermore Academy, Wednesday Adams, played by Jenna Ortega, attempts to master her emerging psychic ability thwart a killing spree and solve the mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. The show premiered on November 23rd and has received attention because of creator Tim Burton's clever comedy and horror sequence. It's only been a week since its release and Wednesday is already breaking records. 
According to Variety, the show debuted at the number one spot with the record-breaking 341.2 million hours viewed, becoming the new record holder in a new week for an English-language TV series on Netflix. Stranger Things Season 4 previously held the record with 335.01 million hours viewed. More than 50 million households have seen the Wednesday series, and I'm not one of them yet. That's crazy. Basically, a lot of people enjoy this TV show, and I've had it on my list on Netflix for the longest, and I've seen the trailer, and I just haven't had the time yet to watch this film because of school and with finals coming up, but it's just one of those series I see myself binge watching. I've seen so many high praises for this, and Jenna Ortega is such a fresh air into this Hollywood she does a great job. I can already tell based on the trailer that she like really nailed this character. And I remember seeing her show up to the red carpet for the show and she was like in the character, in the mode. And I just love her. She's just, ah, uh, she, I, I don't want to say she's similar to the character, but she has like that rebel vibe, but also down to earth. And we need that more in younger Hollywood. Just, you know, be who you are. And I can't wait to watch the series. Everyone has watched it, but me, I will get on it. I promise. But it looks promising. Over 335, they broke Stranger Things record. Now they have over 340 million hours viewed. That's a lot. And I think I'm probably going to binge watch it this weekend. I'll have it done by next Wednesday. Get it? <laughs> TV and films have expanded over the years, and there are so many gems we hold special in our hearts. In the next segment, Rosie will be sharing this week's featured movie. Take it away, Rosie. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Going to the Movies with Rosie. I'm your host, Rosie Montes. Today, I'll be talking about three horror films that caught my attention this year. Those movies are Nope, Barbarian, and Mad God. Let's first talk about Mad God because, oh my goodness, this is a movie that has honestly never been created before, and it is full of disturbing images that your nightmares can't even imagine. The synopsis on IMBD of the film is... The assassin travels through a nightmare underworld of tortured souls, ruined cities, and monstrosities forged from the primordial horrors of the unconscious mind of Phil Tibbet, the world's preeminent stop-motion animator. Phil Tibbet worked on special effects in films such as Star Wars, Jurassic Park, and Robocop. You already know that stop-motion films are such a time-consuming process, and when you watch Mad God, you'll notice right away why it took 30 years to make this film. There is nothing like experimental horror films, and after seeing this movie, I couldn't think of another film that I can compare to. You honestly shouldn't because this film is its own kind, and you get to appreciate how cinema can be so complicated sometimes. Everything I know about film is a lie because Mad God showed me that there is so much more that can be accomplished. You might feel uncomfortable at first when you watch this movie, but after a while, you just get so enthralled with what you're watching you, you just you can't believe it i honestly couldn't <laughs> uh you can watch the movie on shutter or on amazon prime video that's where i watched it now the second movie i'll be talking about is barbarian that stars georgina campbell bill skarsgård and someone i didn't expect to see justin long the storyline for barbarian is in time for a job interview a young woman arrives at her airbnb rental late at night only to find that the house has been mistakenly double-booked and a strange man is already staying there. Against her better judgment, she decides to stay the night anyway, but soon discovers that there is so much more to be afraid of in the house than the other guest. 
At first, you think it's going to be a typical horror film, but director and writer Zach Krieger tricks you into that. Barbarian is his dictatorial debut and his solo screenwriting movie. Georgina Campbell plays Tess so well in the movie that you get to feel her anxieties and uncertainties through the film. She's smart and she knows when to get away from trouble, but other people get in the way of that. I was so surprised to see Justin Long in the movie because it's been so long since I've seen him on the screen. I honestly think the first horror movie I saw Justin Long in was in Jeepers Creepers, and I still can't rewatch that because I honestly thought the monster was real. Why did I watch this movie as a kid? I, you know, I think I watched it during a family party. We went to my parents' family friend's house, and they have kids at the time around my age, and I think that's what they were watching to freak out the younger kids. Oh my goodness. So Georgina and Justin work so well together that they were my favorite part of the movie. There's one scene in the movie when Tess goes, nope, to get out of trouble, and we all know she was gonna follow tragedy anyway. I forgot which article I was reading, but it was about the movie Nope, and it mentioned that the word nope is a survival skill. It's telling you, don't you dare go there or take another step. Now, this brings me to the last movie I'm going to be talking about today, which is Jordan Peele's Nope. I love that Jordan gave us an original movie that we're also not used to seeing. The thing about horror movies is they kind of become repetitive. And just like with Barbarian, Jordan gave us something that, you know what? That's not going to be my type of movie. You are not going to expect what's going to happen. I had a theory about what the movie was going to be. I mean, we all thought it was going to be full of aliens, but spoiler alert, it's not. Please just watch the movie. It brings out a suspense that reminds me from movies such as Jaws and Signs. Because when you watch these type of horror films, you tend to enhance your senses, especially your hearing. You're trying to hear if there's any rustling in the background, a branch snapping, even light footsteps. You try to keep your breathing at a minimal level so it doesn't distract you from hearing anything else far in the distance. Also, your eyes look around the entire screen to see if you're going to miss anything because you're anticipating something to jump out at you. But that's the opposite. I do appreciate Jordan giving us a taste of what we thought the movie was going to be during the barn scene. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see the movie. (laughs) What's spectacular about the movie Nope is that there are certain scenes that doesn't show you everything and lets you imagine what possibly could be happening because there's nothing like your own imagination. If you're going into this movie thinking, oh, it's going to be like an action film. Well, yeah, there is action, but, you know, we're so used to seeing... (laughs) I know there's a hot topic about, you know, Marvel movies, quote-unquote, ruining Hollywood. But if you're thinking this is the type of movie that is going to be just full of nonstop action, well, I'm sorry. I'm only saying this because when I went to go see the movie at the cinema, there was maybe 20 of us inside the screening room. And when the lights came up, there was a man that was sitting in the front row of me. And he looks at everyone and says, that movie sucked, didn't it? And I couldn't help to laugh because, like I said, we're so used to seeing a certain type of horror movies. And Jordan Peele was like, nope, not me. (laughs) I know we're in the middle of finals, but I hope you can watch any of these three films to celebrate the end of the fall semester. Good luck on all your projects and your test ahead. Study hard. I'll catch you all next time. As I go watch the World Cup and cheer on Brazil and my baby Neymar Jr. (laughs) 
I just want to show my gratitude to everyone at the Daily 49er for giving me the platform to share pop culture news and everything in between on a bigger scale. Lastly, I just want to say thank you for listening. This has been Katie here. See you next time on Son of a Beach. <laughs>